do what it says I can do. I can be who it says I can be. Today I will be taught the incorruptible, indestructible word of God. My mind is alert. My heart is open. And I won't go to sleep. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right. So we are talking about, um, pastors talking about managing or your or money and the different motivations by which we can handle our money. We are in a money series. So if you're a visitor, um, we don't always talk about um, the series. We normally do it in the beginning of the year. However, what we found that is um, God has just led him to kind of talk back about finances because many people during crisis time and financial times, you can forget the principles that God wants you to do. And the only way to get out of a financial rut is to do the financial principles God is asking you. It's, it's kind of hard to say, okay, I want to get healed. And the doctor says, take this antibiotic and you don't take it. It's the same thing. So if you're in a financial problem and you don't do the financial requirements, then you're going to stay in that same financial cycle. So with that in mind, pastor has been talking about um, finances. And, but I believe for me in every series, no matter if you think something doesn't apply to you or you're not struggling with that particular thing, the principles of God are always so amazing. You can apply them to more than just one particular thing. So if finances is not what you're dealing with this morning, you're not struggling with that, that's not an issue for you, fantastic. Use the same principle that we're going to talk about in your marriage. Use the same principle on your job. Use the same principle somewhere else. Amen? Amen. So we're talking about stuffed, overcoming greed, right? Overcoming greed, overcoming greed. And we all have stuff, right? Stuff. Some of us have a lot of stuff and some of us had want more stuff. And we, you know, sometimes we think God actually has a problem with stuff. So we get mad at people who have a lot of stuff, you know, and we judge them and we compare and we do all these kind of things because of stuff. So stuff is a very, very big thing. Turn with me to, um, Luke 12. Stuff is a very big thing. Do, does God have a problem with us having stuff? Does God have a problem with us having stuff? Let's, let's find out. Let's find out. Luke 12 and verse 13 through 21. But I'm going to read verse 13 first. Here it goes. Tell me when you're there. I know the screen is there because they're so quick and swift. All right. Luke 12 verse 13. And one of the company said unto him, they were talking to Jesus, speak to my brother that he may divide the money with me or inheritance. And he said unto them, man, no, look at that. Jesus said, man. I mean, that was so cool, right? Jesus was like, man, please. That's what he said. He said, man, who made me a judge or divider over you? Right, man, who, you know, I'm not getting in the middle of all y'all. You know, I'm telling you, Jesus a little flavor right now. Verse 15, and he said unto them, take heed and be aware of covetousness or greed. For a man's life does not consist in the abundance of the things which he possesses. All right, Genesis 13, 12. If you go to Genesis 13, 12, uh, I can just quote it for you. Well, there it goes. Genesis 13, 12. It talks about God had made Abraham very rich. And he made him rich in cattle, and he made him rich in gold, and he made him rich in silver. That's Genesis 13, verse 2. And then, you know, it says that God wants us to have an abundant life. So God doesn't have a problem with our stuff. God doesn't have a problem with us having stuff. The thing is this. 
These two people were fighting about money. They're, they're siblings, you know. I don't know if you ever fought with your siblings about money. I, I, I'm glad for my siblings. Because when my mom died, well, I don't know, maybe it's just a cultural thing how we do things. Before my mom died, I don't know if she knew she was going to die, but there was a year she came and she said, when I die, this is how it's going to work. She already told us, Chase the oldest, so he's going to get the double portion because he needs to distribute the money to you. Oh, sorry, you can have all my clothes. Shakisha, you can have all my electronics. That's the, that's the will. So when she died, and that was the case, she left more money for Che. We, he still divided it three ways with us. Because he is the oldest, and he was given the double portion to take care of the rest. So there was no fight. Because it was already done. So, but these people were fighting over an inheritance. And he was like, beware of greed. Beware of greed. Because nobody even had to leave them the inheritance. But beware of greed. Beware of greed. All right. So God does not have a problem with us having stuff. But guess what? He has a problem with our stuff having us. God doesn't have a problem with you having stuff or me having stuff, but he has a problem with us having our stuff having us. God never takes issue with generosity. He always takes issue with greed. Always takes issue with greed. Turn with me to Proverbs 3, 9. Some of you know this scripture. Some of you know it uh, very well. Proverbs 3, verse 9. As a matter of fact, you know what? Go back to Luke. That's the spirit of Pastor Eben upon me right there. Go back on to Luke. Hallelujah. That's how you know I'm married for real to him. Go back to Luke. Let's finish the story. Let's finish the story first. All right, Luke 12. So he says here, take heed and beware of covetousness or greed. For man's life does not consist in the abundance of the things which he possesses. Verse 16. And he spake a parable saying unto them, the ground of a certain rich man brought forth a whole lot. And he thought within himself saying, what am I going to do? Because I have no room where to bestow my fruits. Now, I love this. I mean, I'm going to try to stick with the notes, but check this out here. He says, I have no room to bestow my fruits. Remember, if you're a tither, the Bible says in Malachi 3, verse 9 and 10, prove me now with this, says the Lord. Bring your tithe into the storehouse and see if I will not pour out a blessing that you will not have what? Enough room to do what? Receive it. Right here, he's saying, I have received a blessing and I have not enough room to receive it. Right? But here is the thing. If you're a greedy person, you will view that verse for you. So you will do what this guy did. So he says, he thought within himself saying, what shall I do? I have no room to receive all this blessing. He said, I know what I'll do. I will pull down my barns and I'll build greater ones. And there will I bestow all my fruits and my goods. Because you know what? It's about me. I am not going to see that I have received so much and I don't have room. So I will just give to someone else who has some room. I will bless somebody else. No, what I'm going to do is I'm going to tear down the barn I already have and build something bigger so I can just chock full all my stuff. Like they say, you know, you get a can, get all you can, can all you get and do what? Sit on the can. That's what this guy did. And it says here, and I will say to my soul, soul, you have so much. You're set for many years. You're hooked up for life. Retirement's taken care of. Don't have to worry about it. Man, you're going to be good. 
Take your time. Eat, drink, be merry because you are set. And God said unto him, you idiot, dumbo, fool, fool, this night, this soul shall be required, your night, your soul shall be required of you. Then whose things will this be that you have provided? So is he that lays up treasure for himself and is not rich towards God. Again, God doesn't have a problem with our stuff. He has a problem with our stuff having us. Because God doesn't have a problem with your barns either. You know, he said in Proverbs 3, 9, no, this is where we're going. Proverbs 3, 9, go to Proverbs 3, 9. And this is what it says here. Honor the Lord with your substance and with the first fruit of your increase. So shall your barns be filled with plenty and your presses burst forth with new wine. God doesn't have a problem with us having barns. He, this guy also had barns, but the thing in Proverbs three and nine, he said, Hey, if you honor me with your stuff, I will fill your barns, not a barn either, because this, this guy, you know, this chump right here, he was a chump because he had only one barn. God is saying here, if you honor me, I'll give you more than one. I'll make it plural for you. I'll work it out for you because you're honoring me. He said, I'm going to honor myself and I'm going to do it for myself. So here it is when we tithe and we quote that scripture and we think, oh Lord, pour out a window of blessing from, uh, from heaven. So I have no room to come receive it. When God pours that out though, do we think, Lord, I won't have room enough to receive it because I'll be blessed to be a blessing. Or we think, no, pour it on. I definitely don't want to have any room. Keep stuff me, stuff me, Lord. You know how you do when you eat? Well, I know how I used to do. Eat and eat till your stomach is just tight. And the food is chucked right up here into your neck. And you just want to crawl because it's so good like Thanksgiving dinner. That's when it happens. It just is a slow climb. And the first plate leads into the second. And it leads to a rest period. And then you rise up again and start the process all over. And then just that little bit amount of peach cobbler just... Puts it right here in the back of your neck and you can't move. That's it. We can get so stuffed because it's, we just don't think Thanksgiving is ever coming again. We forget November comes again the next year. Like pastor said, if we look at money like a pie, we'll always think something is taken from us. But if we look at it as a river, it's always going to be coming. It's a matter of perspective. All right. I mean, Joseph also did the same thing. He filled barns for others and God made sure he prospered him. So I have a question. Are we greedy though? Far be it from the saints of God to be greedy. I mean, you know, we don't have no problem with um, handling the sins like have some attitude. Yeah, yeah, I'm a little attitudey or I'm a little untidy or I'm a little angry. But greedy? I mean, can you imagine looking in the mirror and going, I am greedy. I am greedy. Nobody wants to be greedy. It's just like nobody wants to go in the mirror and go, I'm lustful. There's certain things we just don't want to look and say we are. We want to pick the sins, you know, that are convenient and comfortable for us. But the truth is, we could be greedy. When we look at greed, do we always think about Ebenezer Scrooge, right? 
So we go, that is not me. I would never do that to the, to the, you know, the lady and her little son who was begging for food. Go away. I would never do that to somebody. So I'm not greedy because we think of greed as Ebenezer Scrooge. And we compare ourselves to other people who are really greedy. So we don't think we're greedy on any level because we know somebody greedier. And we go, God, if you're going to talk about greed, check them. Because I am not that, I'm not that bad. You know how we do? I'm bad, but I can't be that bad. I've learned I am that bad. Yeah, because God has to work on me like he has to work on everybody else. You know what I mean? So, yeah, I am that bad. I mean, we, I remember being at the retreat and we talked about um, disappointments. And one of the things, we, I was telling them how I was disappointed when we were trying to get pregnant and we couldn't get pregnant for years. And I would just, you know, I was saved. Sanctified, Holy Ghost filled, fire baptized, Jesus on my mind. He's my co-pilot going all the time, you know. But I, I just got envious of everybody getting pregnant. I mean, I was, by faith, I was happy for them, but I was mad for me. But who wants to admit those things, you know, because we're so saved. Me, I'm going, Lord, you know, you're going to have to help me with my envy and my jealousy right here now because I want to be happy for her because she's pregnant again in two months. But I just, I just don't know how she does it. How, you know, I told him at a retreat, I just kept saying, God, I'm just going to go on crack. Everybody on crack gets pregnant. I'm, I'm, I'm just going to go. I'm, t- I'm tired of waiting. <laughs> you know, I'm just going to find, find something like that to do and let's just go. But because I was envious, and so I had to own up. I didn't want, I mean, I didn't like saying I was envious, but I was envious. So I'm saying some of us don't want to say we're greedy, but you're greedy. I'm not asking to confess it to me. I'm just saying you got to talk to the Lord. God, I am greedy grumps. All right. So some of us are like hoarders, man. It just starts with one little piece of unnecessary junk at a time. And before you know it, you can't even navigate yourself through that thing. You're buried alive. I'm telling you. Okay, greed. We look at greed and we, we think greed, you have to have money to be greedy. That's what we think. You have to be, have money. You have to be rich to be greedy. But greed is, is not a money situation. Greed, you know that greed is present when there's a lack of contentment. Greed is present when there's no contentment. What is contentment? Contentment doesn't mean you back off your dreams. It doesn't mean none of that. What it means, it's a learned attitude that's based on faith that God will not fail as your provider. Contentment is an internal satisfaction that you have that is not based on or changed by anything externally. Whether you have the car or you don't have the car, I'm content. Contentment is an antidote to greed. You know, we, you know, you've heard our testimony several times. You know, Pastor Chen and I, we've, we've been up and down all around. We've been poor and we've been, I don't know if we were rich, but it looked like we were rich. Um, but other people thought we were rich. We didn't think so, but other people did. And, but all the way through it, I've just never, we've never had greedy. Um, we've always been givers. Like my mom, she used to live, you know, in the worst ghetto in Jamaica. And she would just, she was fine there. 
even though she was what we would call an uptown girl. She was in the hood, you know, I mean, really. I mean, she was the only person looking like her, and there was a Chinese person down in the hood. I mean, she was just down there, but the whole thing was she was always giving there. She was always cooking for people. She was always doing stuff there. And then when she moved way uptown to where all the rich people lived, she was still a giver. And when she died, her funeral was so huge. And she had people from the ghetto and people from parliament, uh, you know, political people in the same room because she was always a giver. And so I, I always kind of learned that. Always give, always give. So we've always lived with our hand like this. Whatever comes in can go out. If you live like this, you can't receive and you can't give. Because greedy people are stingy. They're stingy people. They're stingy people. What does greed look like? You know, you've heard it before. We buy things we don't need. With money we don't have. To impress people we can't stand. And, and, and greed just, we don't want to be like the Joneses. We want to pass the Joneses. Because we can't stand what they have either. That's, that's what greed lets you do. That's what greed, greed is driven by selfishness and not driven by selflessness. It's selfish. If there's anywhere in your life you're thinking it's all about me, you could be greedy. See, you don't have to just be greedy with your money. You can be greedy with attention. Oh, oh Lord, feel Lord Jesus. I feel a rat in the kitchen. What am I going to do? I'm going to kill that rat. Y'all don't know that song? No, okay. Um, say a lady has a new baby. It's changed up the whole dynamics of the relationship because the husband is not going to get the attention that he's used to getting. It's natural. There's a baby here. The baby has to nurse. The baby has to feed. The baby wakes up every two hours. You can be greedy for attention. And punish your wife and muscle can be griping and stuff like that because you are being greedy. You're not thinking outside of yourself for a period of time knowing that it's a short-term sacrifice. Just get in on the thing and help her out. No, you're thinking, where's my wife? Where did it go since we had kids? You know, I hadn't... Mm. Past it's been... I mean, you know, I like... Y'all frighten me sometimes, I'm telling you. I have to really pray. I'm like, babe, did he just say that? Yes, he did. Okay. And I'm thinking for the poor lady, she's probably thinking, I can't manage it all. I can't manage it all. I can't work. I can't cook. I can't swing on the chandeliers. I can't come in here and and serve your toes and rub your knees. I can't do it all. And you're just like, well, I want the wife that I married, you know. And she's like, she's not here anymore. (laughs) You can be greedy. You can be greedy. Greed thinks about me and not we. Me and not we. Greed doesn't trust in God's provision. It trusts in its self-provision. So you're going to be your own provider. Greed makes you stingy. You won't let go. So, like I said, God doesn't have a problem with our stuff, but he uses our stuff to test our heart. And he uses the stuff of other people to test our heart. You know... You can, um, because greed places an emphasis on stuff, we compare. So you may have the latest gadget and you see somebody else with it and you go, 
I got to top that. So you go and you go get it unnecessarily. Not because you just like the thing, because you don't even know how to turn it on. You just have it there. You know, and, and, and it's just there. It's not serving any purpose. You know, it's, it's just sitting there. And so it, greed will make you do that. And when you see other people's stuff, it tests your heart. Am I content, God? Can I wait for my due season? Can I know that because I'm a tithe and I'm an offering giver that all these things will be added unto me? That's what the Bible says, right? Seek ye first the kingdom of God and all his righteousness, and these things will be added unto you. Going up a little bit on those verses, he was talking about, hey, don't run after the stuff like the Gentiles do or worry about what they're going to eat and what they're going to wear. Hey, I already know you're going to need that stuff. I, I got this. If you just run after me, I'll make sure you have that stuff. That, that's kind of what he's saying. But greed will go, oh, I don't want to wait. And I don't want to seek. What I want to do is get it now at whatever cost because I really have an esteem issue. And I got to look good before everybody. And I'll become greedy. Sounds like this. You can compliment somebody um, on a car. And you can say, hey, man, I really like your, I really like your ride. Oh, man, if you think this one is tough, you should see the one I have at home. <laughs> Nobody asks you, but nothing at home. You saw me walking and riding my bicycle. I am telling you, I like your ride. You're talking about you have two, three, four, and five. Greedy. Girl, I, lo- I love that weave. Psh. Man, last one I had was double the cost. Okay. Makes you feel good. We buy things that we don't need. So how do we fix our stuffiness? I mean, the thing is, who would you be without your stuff? Who would you be without your stuff? I mean, like for real. Like for real now. If you really couldn't get your hair permed. Would you come to church? Would you come to church if your hair... Was not permed. I mean, just let that sit a little bit. If the dew is falling outside and it's getting a little humid, are you going to just? Church is not for me today. Who are you without your stuff? What are we without our stuff? Can we, can we have the, the greatest brand on and the cheapest brand at the same time? And don't worry. Man, I love Pastor Eben. Let me tell you something he does. I mean, this is so funny to me. He, um, again, Walmart. I'm going to get me some steaks soon. They owe me something. But Walmart, Eben went in, Pastor Eben went in and he bought this, um, this necklace set, right? And so the necklace set looks like some bicycle chain looking things. Right? That's exactly what it looks like, right? I mean, for real. It looked like somebody just chopped off some bicycle chain, made a necklace and a bracelet, and he bought it. So, you know, you know, he goes, and you know how he always, you know, he always looked clean. I mean, he just always looked clean, right? So he goes, and you get around people who have a little greed. And this is how you know, because like I said, God uses stuff not just to test your heart, to test the heart of others. And he goes around people who just, just a little bit of greed. And they'll be like, um, man, where you get that Gucci link? 
A, it's not a Gucci link, okay? It's a bicycle link. It's a bicycle link. <laughs> so it looked like a polished bicycle link. They just washed off the grease and just tied it up. And so he, they'd be like, man, man, boy, I like that, man. Where'd you get that? I want to go get me one, you know, because now they're beginning to be greedy. And he, with no shame, will put them to shame. He'll go, man, I'll get you one, man. I got it at Walmart. <laughs> and he just cheesing. And they back up. They always go, oh, man, I was just saying it's nice. I was saying it's nice. And we always laugh about it. You know, we always laugh about it because your stuff tests where your heart is. Is it really after God? Or is it really after impressing others? And it's all, you know, it's, it always makes me laugh. I said, do it again, babe. Do it again. Do it again. You know, because I love seeing it. You know, but I mean, I'm like, babe, why are you buying this bicycle chain? He's like, it's my money. I can do what it is. He's like, you know, it costs $100 if I lose it. Because he was like all trying to, one time he was trying to give it to somebody. He's like, oh, no, it's all right. Why? See, but if it was, if you thought it was a Gucci link, the Ferragamo link, or whatever kind of link you thought it was, oh, really? The Lord has blessed me today. I was believing God for this. Oh, my God. Oh, favor. Ran around the church. But since it's a Walmart bicycle link chain necklace, all right, Doc, just enjoy the blessings of the Lord upon you. That's, that's how we do. Who, who would you be without your stuff? I mean, really? I mean, who are you trying to impress? How do we fix our stuff in this? And then I'm closing. Greed is cured by two things. Generosity and gratitude. Generosity and gratitude. The test, to, if you want to just get greed out of your life, be a giver. Become a giver. Generosity says it's not about me. It's about the kingdom of God and what he wants me to do for others. A generous person always looks at how can I be a blessing? You know, here's the thing. When you have stuff, like, you know, there are people that judge us. I mean, I know they don't judge you because you have like a Christian discount or something where they don't get to judge you. But they judge me and pastor all the time. Yeah, they do. You know, they do. They all do. You know, that's fine. Um, and they'll be like, oh, they got so much stuff. They got so much stuff. I didn't eat all that. You know what people do. They don't need all that. That's fine. Um, technically speaking, no. I don't. I, you, you can use one pair of shoes. Um, you, I mean, I've been there, so I technically don't need all of that. But here's my problem. The same person that's telling me you don't need all of that and criticizing my living it's not matching my giving. And you telling me, you should give all this stuff away. No, if I give all the stuff away, that's my problem. I keep giving stuff away, so I keep getting more stuff. So why are you up here judging? Oh, she got all that stuff. It's because I keep giving. You, you can't be a giver and God don't hook you up. It's impossible. It's impossible. So why are you over there going, well, they should give it away. You're exasperating the problem. I've tried it. I, I keep giving, I keep giving. I mean, I have a, a whole box of shoes. I mean, a box. I didn't even know in my life I would have had a box. There was a time I didn't have one pair of shoes, much less to have a box. And I gave away the box and I'm like, where did this other box come from? I'm like, I need to give away another box. This is too much. 
But the more, the more I give, the more I get. It's, it's been amazing. And so, you know, a giver, a generous person says, I'm going to find a way for, to bless God's kingdom, whether it be in my finances, my talent. I am going not to, going to be greedy. Some of us are greedy with our talent. It's all for me because I want to be the star. I want to be on, so you think you can dance. I want to be on American Idol. That's what I want to do. So it's all about me. It has nothing to do with God. What can I use this talent for? Who can I? And then God will give you a platform bigger than you can imagine because he has something to do for, through you if you are generous. Gratitude. Gratitude says, I remember where it comes from. I know it's not just from me. The Bible says in Deuteronomy 8, 18, that he gives you wealth or prosperity for a reason to establish his covenant in the earth. In other words, to do his stuff. Because God's got some stuff too that he wants done. And he says, hey, when I bless you with all these houses, when I bless you with all this cattle, which is, you know, your cars or whatever it is, he says, be careful not to forget the Lord your God. Because greed will creep up in the middle of you being blessed. And it will make you get so excited about what's happening with you. You forget the purpose of your prosperity. And then you will be like this man with the barns. And the Lord says, you know what? Tonight looks like a good night. For you to just come on home. And then who is going to enjoy all this stuff? But if you had become a distributor of goods. Instead of a person that's always hoarding. You would have been able to impact so many other lives. And because you're doing that, I will take care of your needs, your wants, and I will do according abundantly above whatever you think, ask, or imagine. Ephesians 3.20. That's what God's promises to us. So I challenge you. Just imagine if all of us were generous and we weren't greedy. If there's anything that God would ask us for, we could give it. If he said, give that car, we could give it. If he says, give that dress, we could give it. Whatever it is that he said, we give it. We could give it. Imagine the kind of generosity that would happen, the people's lives that would be changed. And imagine the debt that we begin to put up for the Lord. We're like, Lord, we're sowing. Lord, we're giving. Like Pastor Chair was saying, we got confidence because we're doing the right thing. So what you going to give? What you going to give? What are you not giving? In your marriage. What are you not giving? Some of us are so mad. We, we, we shut down and we're not giving. But you are built and designed to give. You're built to multiply. This is the very nature and purpose that God has put us on the earth to. Be fruitful and multiply. That's why you're miserable. Because you're not functioning in God's ordained purpose for your life. If you become stingy and a hoarder and you're taking stuff and you're never contributing, you're never giving, you're not going to see those breakthroughs in those different areas and then you get mad. But the truth is, it's not that God hasn't provided a way. We're just not choosing to give. So what you going to give? What you going to give? Are you going let, to let, let go of that money and not let it control you and say, God, you know what? I trust you. You're going to be the provider. I'm going to tithe. And I'm going to give offering. He, you know, tithe's not the problem, Lord. But you know, this is all this stuff that belongs to me in my barn. I'm going to lock up my barn and put a big padlock on it. God is saying, no, man. Honor me. And I'm going to fill that barn. Amen? Amen. If you would just bow your heads and... Like I said, what are you going to give? Some of you need to give your life to Christ.
That's the very, very, very first thing you need to give is your life to the Lord. Because he is the author of all things. He is the generous giver. He is the provider. And so if you are here right now and you have never received the Lord as your...